So more has been written about Parshas Pinchas than I've had hot dinners. And uh, it's very hard to say anything new. <laughs> but I came across a Moor Vashemesh that knocked my socks off. And I love to be knocked off my socks, uh, especially at three in the morning. And let me just give you the lineage. The Moor Vashemesh was a Hasidic Rebbe in Krakow, one of the Talmidim of Ramanachem Mendel of Riminov who was one of the four Talmidim of the Noam Elimelech. So the lineage goes Baal Shem, Magid of Mezrich. He has 200 Talmidim that he sends all over Europe, of which the ones to Poland was the Noam Elimelech and his brother, the Ribzisha. And Noam Elimelech had four students, Koznitsa Magid, Abderov, Chose from Lublin, and Rebbe Nachmendel of Riminov. His pupil is one of his pupils. One is the Ropchitzer, the Joker, the Badchen. The other is the Ma'or Vashemesh, who lived in Krakow. Anyone who wants to really understand the Ramban, the medieval commentator, the Ramban, no one, no one in that century came close to the Ma'or Vashemesh uh, in terms of deep understanding of uh, the Ramban. So the Marva Shemen picks up on a Medrash. And the Medrash is bothered by a Pasuk in Pinchas, by Adabe Adonai El Moshe Lemo, Numbers 25.10. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Hakohen, Heshevet Hamati, he assuaged my wrath, male ben Israel, Bekino Eskinasi Betorchan, when he was zealous on my behalf. To the point where I didn't kill them because he assuaged my wrath. Very dark, dark verse. Medrash picks up on that and says there was a king who was raging with his son. And the pedagogue comes in and steps in and says, it's okay, hit me. Better you hit me than you hit your son. This is what's going on here. Substitution of rage. The Fine, he's getting his reward. He's a coin and his children. Then it goes back to the reason why, the reason why he did it. It's, it's redundant. It's, I, I, you know, literary wise, it's an inclusio, A, B, A, 1. But, but the Medrash is bothered by one word. Vayachaper, he atoned al bnei Israel. Vehikshah medrash, medrash and tanchuma and b'midbar raba. Vehi korban ikriv. What are you telling me, vayachaper? It could have said vayislach. He got them slicha, mechila. What is this kapara? What is kapara? Shenema bo kapara elo. So the medrash comes in and says lelam decho to teach you. Whoa. Anyone who spills the blood of the infidel, it's like he was atoning, like he was bringing a korban. You can see where you can see where Islam gets its fanatical roots, right? This medrash is saying, someone who's spilling blood of a rasha is like the spilling blood of a korban. 
And therefore, Pinchas, who was spilling the blood of a Rosha, was as if he was bringing a korban. And that's why the Medrash says the semantic use of the word vayachaper, which everywhere else in Torah has to do with karbanot, here too is consistent because of the adage that he's not an animal, but you're killing him for the sake of a Kiddush Hashem, so it's like you brought a korban. Okay. Now comes in the Moav Hashemish, and he steps in. I'm not sure he likes that. He's a Hasidish Rebbe who talks about even a Rosha, you know, a Rosha has a, a, a spark of holiness in him. It just doesn't sit with him. Ve'ene, I would like to answer and suggest Onochi Chelki im Kushia HaMedrash. I'd like to add my little knech. I want to give my chalek. I want to add my little my little ditty to this medrash and reinterpret it. So he goes in this tangent. So you have to walk with me through the tangent. Now we know that the setting of the parshias of the weekly parsha it originally was a triannual cycle. It was every three weeks, three years. So we would only read a third of Pasha's Pinchas, but then it settled down to once a year. Very nice. The Anshe Knesses Adola were the ones that instituted that. And so it's no accident that they fixed the Pasha of Pinchas in the three weeks. Bein Hametzarim is this time of narrow straits when bad things happen to Am Yisrael when the Beis Amikdosh was burnt from Shiva Osobatamas to Tishabav, It's a bad time, not just historically, but mythically. Every year, it's a bad time. So he says, it's no accident that Pasha's Pinchas, that deals with this horrific episode of Zimri, occurs in this mythic space, in this auspicious bad time of the three weeks. Let's start with the Gemara in Brachas, very famous Gemara, Daf Gimel. And the Gemara says, I was walking along the way. Now, you know, the Gemara in Brachas deals with davening. And one of the pr- things about davening and Shemona Esri is you can't be walking on the way because you'll be distracted. And you can't be distracted. That'll be a Hesachadas in Shemona Esri. So the Gemara says you have to stop. Can't be walking. Rabbi Yossi now confesses. You know, once I was walking on the way whilst I was done. Okay. And I happened to stumble into one of the ruins of the ruins of Jerusalem. Did he stumble because he was concentrating on his davening? Or did he just happen to passed through a churba to make a shortcut. We don't know. But he ended up in one of these ruins, probably close to the Harabayas, of the churvas of Yerushalayim. Okay. Lehit palelbo. Because I needed to get off my wagon, get off my donkey, get off the high road, and I needed to stop to fulfill the commandment of Hesachadas. So I got off, went into the churva, because I wouldn't be disturbed there. However... There's another problem there. He's in the Churva, 
Why is he in the Chorva? Because he doesn't want to be on the highway because he wants to be from and he wants to concentrate. But at the same time, there's another violation going on. You're in a Chorva. There may be shadim. There may be distractions. There may be falling pieces of plaster, wood, brick. So you can't concentrate in a Chorva. So now he's got a double whammy. He wants to be from and he gets off the highway and he goes into a churva to, to daven, but he shouldn't be in the churva to daven. So, Ba Eliyahu. <laughs> so Elijah shows up. Now, Elijah comes. I don't know if he's the mashgiach or he's the, uh, the halachic FBI, but he comes and vehintingly, and he waited till I'd finished davening. He didn't want to interrupt me because that would be another infraction. So he waited till I finished davening. We don't know what Elijah said to him. Maybe he said, what are you doing here? You're breaking the rule. But he did say the following. He said, Bani, ma kol shamata. Did you hear any echoes in the churva? Very strange question. Elijah didn't die. He goes straight up to heaven. He knows all the echoes that come down from the pamalya shilmala. So what's he coming down to earth to ask Reb Yossi in a churva about an echo, a batkol? Clearly, there's something about the Churva that's very special. Maybe it's adjacent to the Harabais, because we know that when the Harabais was destroyed, a batkol was heard of the Shekhinah, cooing like a dove. The Kosle Beis HaMikdosh, it was leaving the Beis HaMikdosh for the last time. It was weeping and cooing and wailing and kissing and hugging. He wanted to probably know, is something still going on? Is there a remnant? Is there something going on? It's now the Amoraic period. So I went in there and it's uh, maybe 70, 100 years later. And Eliyahu is asking me, I know what's going on upstairs. But down here, did you hear anything? And so I said, Rabiosi, when I was davening, right? I was davening there. So I said to him, Shamati Batkol, yeah. I heard an echo. That was wailing like a dove, cooing. And saying, Because of my children's sins, I had to destroy this house, my home, burnt my heichal, the temple, and exiled my children among the nations of the world. The Omali. Now he comes and adds and tells me what's going on upstairs and says, Lo Zubilvad, you think it's just this when you were davening? Maybe it was just the morning? Remember we're in Gomorrah Brachas and this talks about davening. So the three times are either the three times during the night when God is awakened or things happen during the night, the donkey brays, the woman speaks to her husband, or it's the three times of davening during the day. But three times a day doesn't say when. Omeretkach, she says the same thing. Velozubulvad. And not only in those three times, but... When Am Yisrael goes to the learning houses and the temples of worship and responds in Kaddish to Yehei Shmei Rabbah Mavorach, here it's in Hebrew, Yehei 
Shmei Hagodol Mavorach, we have a different Nusach, Yehei Shmei Rabbah Mavorach. Not only does that formulaic thing occur with the Baskol, I'll tell you something even more radical. When you say Yehei Shmei Rabbah Gadosh Baruch Hu Rosho, the Reboina Shaloylam nods his head, the Oimer, and says, Ashrei Hamela, happy is the king, Shemakalsinoso Bebeso, for who his people still continue to praise him in his house. Kach, Malo Laav, Oi, what is with this father, Shehiglas Bonov, who had to send his children away? Doesn't say this time, Ba'avo no Sehem, we're praising him. And he goes, Oi, to the father that had to send his children away, the Oi Lahem Labonim. And woe to the children that have been exiled from the table, the Mizbeach, the table of their father. That's what Eliyahu says. It's an extraordinary piece of Talmud, one of the most enigmatic pieces of Talmud in the entire Shas for me, and was a very healing text for me, to someone who's obsessed with a post-Holocaust way of reading divine human interactions, that after the Churban, the paradigm of this anthropomorphic view of the divine or his echo, wailing and crying, and Rabiosi is saying, this is what I heard, and Eliyahu is saying, this is what I heard every day. It happens three times a day because of your sins. And then he says, not only that, but when you actually, through Galut, Go to shul, go to the base medrash, say Kaddish, say Yeheshme Rabba. The Abishter is nodding upstairs and saying, Oy vey. And that tells me that that emotion is not a rationalization like the bus call. The bus call is I'm rationalized. It's because of your sins. You triggered this. But what he's doing when we say to him during Golas, Yeheshme, is the sense of regret. Malo, what is a, there's a regret and there's a pity on himself that what he did. We've had these genres in Echarabba, in which a father, comparing the first and second Beis Amikdosh, the father is like a, a father who takes his son to the Chupa, and he has a rage attack and whacks his son the first time and he dies and he sits on the ground wailing. Oh, this boy. He had it coming to him. Look at him. Look at the way he behaved. He, then he has a second son, second base of Mikdush. And he does the same thing. He takes him to the chuppah and he gives him a whack and he dies. And this time, he doesn't say woe to the son. He goes, whoa, there's something wrong with me. I need to be in Rageaholics Anonymous. Woe to me that I can't control my anger. That's that motif. Where is this fine line between blame and self-recrimination. It is just a marvelous theological trajectory that now I'm going to introduce you to the Morva Shemesh's take as he moves that trajectory of theological discourse. Now I'm going to tell you something from my Rebbe, the Noyem Elimelech's pupil, my Rebbe. I heard from my Rebbe you know, we know, everybody knows 
that the Rabboina Shaloylam keeps entire Torah. He observes all the mitzvahs. Sha'om Rizal, it says in Gemara and Brachos, three blood later. Minai, Shekodesh Baruch Where do we know that it's God? And he brings a posser. And then the Gemara says, excuse me, God, where's Tefillin? In our Tefillin, it says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Hashem Do you think in God's Tefillin, it says, Shema Yisrael Hashem Of course it doesn't. So what does it say in his Tefillin? And the Gemara answers, in his Tefillin, there's a reciprocity and mirroring of our love for him. And it says, Mika Amcho Yisrael. It's so beautiful. In God's Tefillin, there is a reciprocity of our love for him. Then the Rebbe Nachem Mendel quotes another Gemara, Mekomas Acherim, it's a Gemara in Soita. It says, Shehu rofecholim v'koven mesim umarachim aloeviyonim. Just like, how do I emulate him? Just like he is Racham, you be Racham. He is Hanun, you Racham. And we bring a posuk from Micah to show that God is healing the sick and burying the dead and comforting the mourners. Finally comes the big punchline of this whole essay. Then Rabbi Nachem Mendel says, If he keeps the whole Torah, one of the mitzvahs is the Torah is to do tshuva for your sins. It's one of the mitzvahs in the Sefer Chinuch. Rambam brings it, Sefer Mother. Omar Zal. So Rabbi Nachem Mendel of Rimmons says, I'm going to show you that the Abish that does tshuva, Shloshet Dvar Makadosh Baruch Hu The Gemara just says, there are three things that God regrets. Now, Menachem Mendel is going to do a real doozy in moving from charoto to tshuva. But watch. So the Gemara says in Brachas Lamed Beis, Three things that the Abishter regrets having created. Bechol Yom. And one of them is the Chaldeans, because they're so naughty in, in bed. And the other one is the Arabians, because they're so such murderous. And the other one is the Yetzahara. The Yetzahara. The Abishter is regretting that he created the Yetzahara, because, well, look at our world today, right? Without it, the whole world runs just on that. The Posuk in Micha says that in the future, the future, everything will be fixed. And he says, Rashi says, because I was the one that created the Yetzara. So therefore, I was the one that created all this. Remember, Micah is the last section, the last book in Tanakh, God is go silence after Micah. It's only the prophet speaking. And Hariosi, I did wrong. I regret it. I shouldn't have done it. So Rabbanacha Mendel says, Hariosi, what brings God to such a regret? After all, the whole testament is fire and brimstone and retribution and the Yetzirah causing us to sin and be punished. So what could possibly be? The punishment fits the crime. Jewish Theology 101. God is a just God. So what is it that could bring him to this harata, which will then trigger the need, according to Rabbi Nachman Mendel, for tshuva? And so he says, In true Hasidic fashion, 
What brings the Abishta to this anthropomorphic sense of regret is a continuation of that Gemara and Brachas. When we go to the Bote Midrashim and Bote Knesius and we say, Yehei Shmei Rabba, that Eliyahu says, God is nodding. But here he takes it a step further and says that gives him a sense of regret. He ignores anything about sin and punishment. He's taking us off a Hasidic track now. When the Rabboni Shalom sees us, despite our days in Shibud, Golos, and all our days in Chaye Tzar B'dochek. Remember, he's talking from Krakow in the late 1700s, where we had no access to money. We had no access to trades, no access to professions, no access to university. All we could do was be money, laders, money lenders and, tr- and non-tradesmen. Weren't allowed into any of the guilds, right? So there's, but we still had to pay taxes, right? All our days are chaye tsar v'dochik. V'gamba eshahu shall bena mitzrim hamitzorim. And he says, and especially in these three weeks of bena mitzorim, between Shivas and Batamas and Tishabav, historically was bad for the Churban Bais, and cyclically every year remains bad. Remember, the Nazis did a lot of action on Tisha B'av. They knew exactly what Tisha B'av meant for us, and they took advantage, right? In a mythical sense, in, a, in, a, in upstairs, it's a time of Gevurot Hadinim, in the mystical literature of the Zoya and the Arizal, the reason we fast on Tishabav is because every other day of the year we eat, but when we eat, we eat and we give to the good side and the Sitra Akra. Everyone gets from our food. We digest the food, and the Arizal said the good stuff goes into the blood, and the Motarot, the refuse, goes to the Sitra Akra. So on Tishabav, we fast because we don't want to give the Sotan, an ounce of food for that day, because he already has, the time is so auspicious, he has enough for that. And in these three weeks, there is a Masach Mavdil between Am Yisrael and their father in heaven. Nevertheless, despite everything that's going on in Golos, that's Rabbi Nachem Mendel. And that's HaKadosh Baruch who gets Shashu in Gedolim. He gets this amazing joy. He gets this amazing joy from us despite Golas, despite everything that's happened, even. Uh, and it's not just what the Gemara says every time we say Yehesh Meirah, it's Dafka in these three weeks when the Gevurot are very strong. Ashrei Lamela. So that's what the Gemara means. Rabbi Yossi goes into the Churva. And now comes the Knech of the Morva Shemesh. He says, when you go into the Churva, that's a place of Shlita of the Chitzonim. You go into a Churva, that's a place of destruction. That's where the forces of the other side, the dark side, the Sitra Akra, have power. So what are you doing davening in a place like that? Don't go into a churva. But he went into the churva. And of course, he becomes depressed by the churva. He says what this was once. Yerushalayim the harabais. And he knows 
that you're not allowed to daven there. Why? Because the Shechina cannot rest on someone who is in a state of depression. You have to be at state of joy. We know that from Nach. When Shaul wanted to daven, he asked for the menagin. When the, the loot player came in, he was able to get out of his depression. This isn't, he's not being a naughty boy. This is Reb Yoisi the Tanner. He's going in there to daven despite. He's going to daven despite the depression. His gabel avoidus velit palel besimcha. So chasidish. I can only daven when I'm besimcha. So I have to even go. This is the challenge to go into the dark places of life and into the addicted places and then places where it is so impossible to see any divine light and dafka there. He goes to be mitpalel. And through that, he made this amazing divine unification between the Shechina and the Kodesh Baruch Hu, blah, blah, blah. And here's the punchline. He brings the Reboina Shalom to a state of Charata. It's his action that triggers God's regret, which means... So according to his Rebbe, that triggers God's doing tshuva. Stunning. Absolutely theologically stunning. Now he mis- misreads what the Gemara says. The Gemara says that the Basyona is Medachemes, Kiyona, Vahemes, Oy vey, woe is me. Oy, what did I do because of their sins? I've lost my... My apartment down here on earth, I've lost my heichel and everything. Nah, he says, Zuhi habatkol, this is the echo, Sheshama, that he heard, Shemenahemet Kiyona, and was cooing like a dove. Cooing what? Regret. Regret. Stunning. Okay, and so, Lochein kovulonu chazal likros pashas pinchas beinamatsorim. So now he goes back to his original thing. What's the kapara? Why is Pasha's Pinchas Dafka in these three weeks? Kadesha Nikra Pasha's Kola Korbonus. So that we will be able to read the Pasha's of the Korbonus, which is in Pasha's Pinchas. Laore Lamalia Inyan HaKarbonus. Shekulam Kabbalasova Kodeshborhu Lide Harata. The bringing of the Korban is precisely the bringing of that notion of closeness to God, because we learned when the Tomid Korban, we're told in Gemara, in Tainas, famous Gemara, about the time between Shiva Batamas and Tisha B'Av, that time, what triggered this whole thing was the Bitul of the Korbanos. So the idea of learning and steiging and davening and doing all the avoidance Hashem dafka in these three weeks of this bad time means that we are being taught a lesson by Chazal by instituting the Parsha of Pinchas dafka in these three weeks so that we will read the Parsha. And we know from the Gemara, whoever reads the Parsha of Tobit, Ke'ilu Hikriv, whoever reads the Parsha of Chatos, Ke'ilu Hikriv, so by reading this parsha, it's like we did it. Therefore, what are we doing? 
if we're really doing the korban, then we are reminding the Rabboni Shlolem once more of what he had lost, which brings him to that state of Harata. For me, this state of Harata brings us to this outrageous claim by Rebbe Mendel of Rimanov that connects the notion of the Gemara, because he created the Sahara with the notion of regret. And he is the one that brings the two together by stating that this isn't about his regret of our sin, but it's his doing tshuva that he created the, he takes it one step back, but he created the Yetzirah that caused us to sin. And therefore, every year, as we go through this horrific period of the three weeks, the Mora Vashemesh is reminding us to stay close to that notion of his regret so we can tap into feeding his regret, because the closer we feed that regret, the closer we will bring him to being the Geula Shlema. Bimhe Rabbi Omenu Omen.